on Sagittarian matters, advice on friendship, aging, karaoke, glasses, and more with my guest, J.D. Sampson. Stay tuned. Sagittarian matters, Sagittarian matters, what's the Hello from Los Angeles and happy National Coming Out Day. I first came out in my zine in the 90s and I told the world that I thought I was bi. So essentially I came out as bi-curious in the 90s. I'm holding to it. I'm holding to that as my identity. Um, Very curious, even still. I had to come out again to my community members when I was 22 And I started dating a girl and I was like, I'm never dating men again. And then I had to come out to my mom um, a few years after that. And then I had to come out to everyone again as an overarching queer after I had relaxed, relaxed things a little bit and wanted to accept a broader term for myself. So I've come out many times. Is it fun each time? Absolutely not. Is it relaxing to not have to hold on to secrets anymore? Yes. Yes, it is. If you came out today, congratulations. If you were celebrating a time when you did come out, huzzah, I salute you. And if you are still a little more hidden or, you know, you're not ready to say something out loud to anyone else, just know that you have a friendly ear here at Sagittarian Matters and we support you whenever you do come out if you decide to. If you want to come over here, we're happy to have you here. If you want to stay over there, Happy to wave to you and uh, wish you the very best and support you any way that we can. Anyway, on with the show. I guess I do want to say when my sister came out in the 90s, it was so awful. My mom was like, oh, how could you be a lesbian? What are you, a dyke? Are you a dyke? Which is kind of wonderful because that was the time when the word dyke was being reappropriated. And then my mom said, and hold on to your ears, hold on to your hats, she was like, I don't even understand. How could you, how could you make love to a woman? Oh, dirty fingers, stinky pussies, which is the most disgusting thing I've ever heard in my whole life. This coming from a conservative right-wing Catholic woman. Um, so, so disgusting. Anyway, so when I came out, I wasn't so, I wasn't so excited to come out, but I had to do it at some point. I did it via email. Then she came to visit. And when she came to visit me, she was like, Don't you miss making love to men? Don't you remember your high school boyfriend? Didn't you like making love to him? And I said, ew, mom, gross. And then she said, what are you, a prude? Are you a prude? Maybe I am a prude. If you're a longtime listener to the show, you know I came out as having been called a prude in high school uh, last summer on the podcast after I went to the Linda Berry workshop and came up with this memory. But, um... Yeah, my mom called me a prude. If that hasn't happened to you, I highly recommend it. She wanted to talk more about making love. I kind of had to stop that part of the conversation. And um, and that's how it was. And then ever since then, you know, I've been uh, putting her on edge with my very funky sexuality. I do want to say she told me I was going to purgatory. And um, I thought, you know, water off a duck's back. Sure thing, mom. See you there. But I realized this week I may be living in actual purgatory. Um, You don't know this, but at at a certain point I realized what hell was. 
I was in an Airbnb that was a beautiful cottage house behind some people who I really liked. And I was in their Airbnb, which had beautiful, like almost white wooden floors and a white table that folded down. So it had little kind of grooves in it, leaves in it. And I was listening to Spotify. It was on a shuffle um, or like a Spotify radio. And as I was there, I spilled an entire bottle of ink onto the white table and the ink started seeping through the slats in the table, seeping through. So getting every side of the table as it went down and then it went onto the floor, onto like the blonde wooden floor. So as I'm on my hands and knees, trying, trying, trying to get this ink up out of all the cracks of the wood before it dries, a Maroon 5 song came on my speakers and I was just covered in ink and it was a time sensitive situation and there was more and more and more ink and I couldn't turn off the Maroon 5 song. It wasn't even one of their good ones, quote unquote good ones, like moves like Jagger. It was like a B-side, like a next level, bottom of the barrel Maroon 5 song. And I realized as I was like having this crisis, I was like, oh my God, this is hell. This is actually what hell would be like to me is just forever trying to clean up this ink from somebody's floor so I don't ruin their apartment while Maroon 5 just blares in my ears. Um, Well, this week, I think I might be in purgatory. As you may or may not know, I have been looking for glasses for a really long time. I have an extraordinarily high prescription, so every time I try on glasses, I have to, um, I generally get talked out of them because my prescription would make them so strong, my eyes would be tiny pins. Um, But I found a really, really fancy place really, really, really fancy place with glasses designed in Germany. And I saw some glasses I like, giant secretary glasses. And the girl working was like, oh, for sure these are going to work. These lenses are going to be so thin. You're not going to believe it. State of the art, yada, yada, yada. I wait a very, very, very long time. They never call me back. I finally call them. They say the glasses are there. I go in. I try them on. They're hideous. My head is a tiny, a teeny, teeny, tiny pinhead that you can see inside the glasses because it's demagnified so much from how thick the lenses are. And my eyes are little tiny pins. I look not even as handsome as a mole. I look like Tanya Harding's mom and I, Tanya, but not as hot. It was like that. And so I couldn't take them. I said, I can't take these. And so the guy was like, oh, we'll do it again. We'll do it again. Anyway, I think I might be in purgatory. I thought I didn't believe my mom's religion, but I think that I'm just essentially in a weird cycle where I'm never going to get new glasses and my glasses are going to get more and more scratched up and harder to see through. But people are going to keep taking my money and pretending like I'm going to get new glasses. That That's what I think might be happening. Anyway, I had J.D. Sampson on the show this week. I hope that you enjoy Sagittarian Matters. Uh, Please keep sending in your questions. Please read my Queer Abby column on Into More. If you have an advice question for the column, queerabby at intomore.com. Now, on with the show. J.D. Sampson is a musician, artist, writer, and professor living in New York City. You may remember her from the bands La Tigra, or Men. She also produced a pinup calendar in the early 2000s called JD's Lesbian Calendar, which I very much appreciated because at the time I was living in the middle of nowhere at a farm and there was not a homosexual for miles. Anyway, it's many years later and JD joined me in our mobile Los Angeles studio to answer some of your most burning questions. Please enjoy my chat with JD Sampson. 
J.D. Sampson. It's me! Welcome back to Sagittarian Matters. Thank you so much for having me again. I can't remember what your sign is. I'm a Leo. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, are you feeling Leo? Are you fe- what, what are you feeling in Leo this month? Well, I know that there's a Venus situation that is really affecting me. I'm thinking a lot about my past. Um in terms of you know regrets mistakes i've made and a lot about my finances interesting interesting well you're with me today sitting in a car outside of my home to answer some also known as a sagittarian matters mobile studio to answer some advice questions that we just got today which question do you choose as our first question um my first question And my favorite question is, how do you keep such a pleasant, ageless face? I looked like I was dipped in gold. I mean, no, (laughs) not gold. Old. Oh, I fucked the whole thing up. The question is, how do you keep such a pleasant, ageless face? I look like I was dipped in old. Which I think is so funny. Um, Dipped in old, sorry. Dipped in old is good. Uh, But actually, what I really want to say is... I don't do anything, and I'm not sure if that's why or if it's just genetics, but I do not use moisturizer. I do not wash my face. I do not drink enough water, and I am obsessed with the sun, and I sit in front of it all day long. That's so jeans. Are you Italian? It must be jeans. No, I'm Eastern European and Northern European, kind of. I just did my 23 in me. You did? Yeah. I drink a lot of water. I stay out of the sun. Now that I'm not in Portland, when I'm outside of Portland, I use a SPF on my face. Uh, genetics, no smoking, very little drinking, no hard drugs. I think that that matters. Yeah, I think that matters too. And I also think sleep is huge. I sleep I, eight hours every night. I try to sleep. I'm not the kind of person that can like live off of four hours of sleep, no. so I just don't even try i try to do eight sometimes seven and like you said i don't drink anymore and i don't do hard drugs so but also the older you look to me the more experienced and wise you look and the more i personally respect your position on earth just saying also if you have wrinkles it usually means because you have smiled and that's a positive thing so keep smiling people keep smiling (laughs) I wish that that was where the podcast ended. <laughs> it can be. We have more questions to do. Um, your self-care technique techniques. Dear Sagittarian Matters, do you have a few self-care techniques? Signed, careful in Colorado. I do have a lot of self-care. Um, one of them is trying to be um, easy on myself. I try to you know, be at peace when I'm alone. Try not to make myself feel bad by telling stories to myself, um, all those things. So that happens with just practice and meditation. And I go to therapy and I um, like to be in nature. I like to walk around the block and look at strangers. That's like one of my favorite things. It really keeps me grounded to just look at other humans. We're, we're, on earth at this weird time together 
So I, I feel connected in that way. I like to get a lot of sleep. I like to also be easy on myself and forgive myself for the things that I wish were different. And also remember where those voices are coming from. Some of those voices aren't even mine. They're old. They're from somebody else that I've internalized. Um, JD is moving a maraca around right now. <laughs> just <laughs> But trying to keep it quiet at the same time, which feels like a weird... A weird choice. <laughs> you mean like a little adventure because we just said that we don't drink or do yeah. our drinks? Like, do you like to like do shake a maraca? Shake maracas when it's supposed to be quiet. <laughs> but try as I may to keep them keep them completely silent. Um, I sleep. I hike. I'm nice to myself. I get myself foods that are nutritious. I don't know. Self-care. I mean, the, the therapy's huge. Therapy's huge. Meditation's huge. Populating your days with people that are nutritious and nice to you is very valuable. And people who are toxic or don't feel nutritious, there's no reason for them to be taking up a lot of the space in the movie that is your life. You don't need to cast them in a leading role or a speaking role. She said it. I dropped the phone. Mm. Smile, everyone. Keep smiling. Keep smiling. Um, are we doing more? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what? Okay, so... I haven't heard from my ex for almost two years until yesterday asking me for friendship and forgiveness. Should I? Here's my take. We don't know anything about the situation. There is not enough information for us to say what's safe for you. But what I can say is that you shouldn't just give someone friendship and forgiveness without hearing them out and thinking about why you should. Mm. That's that's a big thing. So don't just like give over part of yourself if you don't trust this person. But what you can do is listen to them and then maybe have a think about what they deserve from you and don't give your power over to them. Stay strong, sister, brother, friend. I yeah, I feel like I for the most part a high average I, I I'm in good touch or have good vibes with a high average of the people I've dated. The ones of those people that are actually friends, like somebody who I would call and feel comfortable crying in front of or call if I needed something, as opposed to someone I just see once every couple years when I'm in their town, that's a different story. You know, a lot of people were not meant to be close again in that way. And so they have, you know, there's like tiers of friendship. You have your first tier, which is like your super tight friends you see all the time. There's second tier, which is people that are a little more acquaintancy. Maybe you like them. Maybe you don't live in the same place. They wouldn't be the first person you call in a crisis. And then there's third tier people who are, you know, more of the friendly acquaintance. And so a lot of my exes live in that friendly acquaintance zone just because we're not that close anymore for whatever reason. It's not because they were terrible and it's not because I think I'm terrible just because we aren't meant to be buddy, 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 buddy. Yeah, I also think forgiveness is real and the ability to forgive someone can really be a powerful thing. And um, yeah, so it can be depending on your situation, but don't give them the power. Give yourself the power, hear them out, see what they have to say, and then make your decision. Yeah. I do have to say it is a relief to be on good terms with people. Once once you get to the point where you realize you can be on good terms with them, it's a relief to not have to feel that anxiety or stress when you're going to be around them, when you're going to be near them. Um, I recently saw an ex who I was like, you're a dickweed. That was my plan of what I was going to say when I saw her again. 
was your dickweed. And then I saw her and then we just talked and it was just normal. And I was like, oh, this person's just a person and she's not perfect. And the ways that we aren't perfect lined up in a weird way for each other. So we're not dating, but I don't need to um, wish her ill. And now we no longer need to be awkward in public. That was a nice feeling. Yeah, pub, public sucks. <laughs> but I do want to say forgiveness is huge. And, um, you know, someone needs to ask for forgiveness and have a willingness to change and understand what they did wrong. It can't just be that they're like, I'm upset that you're mad at me. I'm upset that you're ups- I don't like that someone has a bad feeling about me. That can't be the apology. And if their apology includes blaming you for things, think twice. I honestly think just saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I hurt you, or I'm sorry for my actions... I think that in leaving it at that, yeah. not not picking up the uh, the law book and becoming a lawyer for yourself to plead your case, just saying, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, no matter what, no matter if you missed their birthday because your grandma died and you were at the funeral and you dropped your phone in the toilet, like you can just say like, I'm so sorry I missed your birthday. Mm-hmm. The end. The end. No one has to know why you're late. No. I'm sorry I'm late. It's really, it's, it's just an excuse. I feel like one of my teachers from high school where I'm like, no excuses. Everything's an excuse. Today's episode is brought to you by Lagusta's Luscious Chocolates. Organic, fair trade, always vegan caramels, bonbons, bars, and more. Made for you in New Paltz, New York with passion and politics. You can use the offer code Sagittarian for 10% off your order at LagustasLuscious.com. And hey, If you are feeling the fall spirit, try their caramel and autumn leaves box filled with apple caramels, maple pecan caramels, and delicious chocolate painted leaves with vegan maple cream. Follow them on Instagram at Lagusta's Luscious for secret sales and behind the scenes candy making. I'm going to spell it for you. L-A-G-U-S-T-A-S Luscious. Now, I need to have some real talk with you and tell you that I have been a longtime fan of this food, and when I lived in the middle of nowhere, I signed myself up to get Lagusta's chocolates once a month for the year I was away from home, and it made my month. It made my life. It was the maybe one of the nicest things I've ever done for myself. So anyway, if you want to try these chocolates because they are delicious and do a nice thing for yourself, you get 10% off your order. LaGustasLuscious.com with the offer code Sagittarian. What are JD's rules for karaoke? Compare and contrast, please. Thank you. I'm not exactly sure what this question means. We're comparing and contrasting our own karaoke thoughts, standards, guidelines. Okay, I don't have rules for karaoke, really, to be to be totally honest with you. Please. Which I always am. Please. I don't like it that much, karaoke. I get really nervous and shy to do a bad job, and I always pick the most random songs, but they're usually just songs that I know all the words to and feel very comfortable with. So they might be songs I haven't heard since high school, and they might be songs that are like my friends songs or something like that but i do my best and i usually feel like pretty insecure by the time i leave so my rules are only go with people that 
I can really be myself in front of and that won't judge me for doing a bad job. Mm. My, I don't really drink when I'm doing karaoke because I don't want to be off my game. And if I drink at all at karaoke, I'll do too many songs. And then I'll have a shame spiral the next, like a shame hangover the next day of singing five songs instead of a prudent three. Because I just get high on the feeling of like reading the crowd, choosing the right song, doing a good job, engaging them. Because I'm just a kind of an overachiever and I was a KJ. Um, songs, oh. and I think when you're choosing a karaoke song, you need to think, is this for me or is this for them? Right. You're there entertaining a room of people. Like there's certain songs that are just... That you're just like, it would be fun to sing this song, but would it be good for anyone else but me? And it may, if not, maybe choose a better song. Like, um, don't do songs that are too long, like Total Eclipse of the Heart or Bohemian Rhapsody. Don't do Love Shack. Don't do Baby Got Back. Uh, if you're a white person, choosing a rap song is sometimes questionable. It's, you know, it can be really weird. It can be racist at worst. Uh, awkward or you know if you're ellie from a racerado doing lose yourself by eminem lose yourself is one of my favorite karaoke's it is a really fun song to reappropriate yeah i have to say like i always hated eminem and then i saw her do that and i was like you know the truth though you do want to get lost in the music the moment lose yourself in the music the moment you own it you better never let it go I tried to make my students listen to it last year. I was like, you only got one shot. Do not miss your chance to flow or to blow? Oh. To blow. This opportunity comes once in a lifetime. Um, but that's that's it. And also, uh, whatever song you do, my opinion is take it seriously. If there's a long guitar bridge in the middle that you didn't know about, don't roll your eyes and point to the screen and go, <laughs> what? Um, just go with it and still do something. Don't put the mic down. Don't sit down. Dance or something. That's what you're there for. Yeah. I, th- I like all that. All right, great. Cool. Next question. The next question is, where do you get your glasses? And um, we can both answer this. JD, this is a hard question. My answer is that I get a pair of glasses and then I usually have them for like a few years and then I get a new pair of glasses and when I am on the lookout I go everywhere I go to the shitty corner stores with glasses that you know cost $20 and I go to really fancy stores and I look online I have a very small face I wear children's glasses is that true yeah literally I have two pairs of Oshkosh Bagosh glasses from the eighties. <laughs> yeah, and I had to search for the second pair. Um, they're multicolored. You've seen those, right? Probably. I had them they, they were my two times ago glasses. Then the next pair I got was uh, during a half off sale at Acne. Um, and they were white. Those are beautiful. Yeah. But then they got kinda like stained because of course they're not meant to be worn all the time. I have transition lenses. And then these new ones are actually from Acne. And these are beautiful. Can you describe the glasses you're wearing right now? They're gold aviators, but they're very small. So they fit my face like well and almost small on me, which is crazy. They're reminiscent of an aviator, but they're missing 
a little bit of yeah. glass framing on the inside. So it's almost a conceptual aviator. They're very yeah. cool. You'll have to see in the Sagittarian Matters Instagram page or show notes. Yeah. I like them, but I think it's time. I've had them for a while. So I'm really struggling with my next pair. And I've been shopping all over the world. But they're, most of them are too big or too expensive. Girl. I just spent more on a pair of glasses than I spent on my last car. Before oh, this before this car. Oh, of of are all they the ones you're wearing right now? No. Oh. These are from Fabulous Fannies. Oh, so I'm gonna answer the question. Fabulous Fannies in New York has a lot of really great vintage glasses. That's and, where the Oshkosh Bagash came from. And they're the kind of people that when you walk in the door, like I walked in with these ones and they were like, Oh, the Grecian beauty which is what they're called, and they have a drawer full. But they're the kind of people that will just start throwing glasses at you, but these are going to look good on you. These are going to look good on you. If you want them to be in your face, they will be in your fucking mm-hmm. face. I love that place. It's not very expensive. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. Here there's a place called Cat Eye that's fine. Um, I went to Gagosha, which was so expensive. I went to a place called the Society of the Spectacle, which I thought was really nice. Mm-hmm. I've been to a lot of places also looking for glasses because... I have very thick prescription, and so I keep picking out glasses that aren't meant for a thick prescription. Interesting. And the bigger the glasses, because I want really big ones, and the bigger they are, if you have a big prescription, it will make do that thing where you can see my face looks smaller mm-hmm. inside. Yeah, LAI works has some good stuff. Yeah, um, I, but I, I don't shop online, really, because I have a really strong prescription, and I don't trust yeah. the, the situation. Yeah, I mean, there's a place in New York, which I don't remember the name of, right across the street from the New Museum, that they sit you down and it's like you make an appointment and they give you coffee and they give you all these different options of glasses and you can be like, no, I hate those. And then they're like, well, what about these? And I really like the attention there, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's very expensive. Did you ever get glasses from there? I bought one pair, and the funny thing was that they really hurt my nose after a few days of wearing them, and I can't really wear them anymore. You have a good nose. It's large. And, but, but it's proportional. Like, yeah, but, like, it it would be like the glasses got stuck right here. Oh, God. At the top, at the very top. I haven't had nose pads for a long time. Yeah. I went to... Um, myopic in portland i've gotten glasses from a hollywood vintage or i've tried to go in there but that guy is so up in your shit in a way that's annoying to me that i didn't like it anyway okay do we have any more questions that's it that's it oh my god there was one more question but it was it was a very long question and we didn't have time for it but hopefully you'll get to it later i'll try to get to it on for the advice column or something yeah um, JD, do you have anything else to say? Can I ask you, what is your, what is getting you out of the bed in the morning, um, during these political times? My students, I teach at NYU and they are just so fresh in terms of their, you know, optimism. Um, they are the new leaders and I treat them as such and I, feel so lucky to be around them and and um really they are so energized to take on whatever comes our way and it's it's just enlightening for me oh i did have one more question from a person which was they wanted to know how to make friends in a new town oh um go out to things anything 
I'd say go out alone. Make yourself. Yes. Well, if you're alone, you're more approachable. Totally. I read this in a woman's magazine once when I was in middle school, and I never forgot. That's another way. If you have a crush, if you feel like someone's clocking you at a thing and you want them to talk to you, get your friends away from you for a little bit. If you stand alone, that will give them their opportunity to come and talk to you. I only buy single tickets to things now because the truth is I'd like to have more friends and um, I'd like them to be interested in what I'm interested in. So I go by myself to events and hopefully I run into someone I know. And it feels a lot better for me than going with a bunch of people mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because there's so much mystery. Going alone? Yeah. Hmm. Who will I see? Where will I sit? Yeah. And and you can also open yourself up to the idea that maybe your friends aren't going to, your new friends aren't going to look exactly like your queer coven that you're imagining in your mind. Mm -hmm. Like even when I was living in Richmond, Virginia mm -hmm. for a thing and I knew just my two friends there, I bought myself a ticket to The Lion King, the Broadway production that was on tour. I had always wanted to go. I had nothing better to do. I was in Richmond, Virginia. And I sat next to two homosexual men who happened to live in Los Angeles. And we had a great time watching The Lion King together. And they gave me their phone numbers. You never do know what you're going to find. You don't. But it does make you approachable if you're alone. And also, people like it if you reach out to them and make it easy. If you say, do you want to do this thing at this time? Or do you want to... When I first moved to Portland, we had a game night at my house. And we invited the people that we had met through random things. Like, I saw a punk guy at, like, a used toy store. And then we became friends. And he's been my friend ever since. Because I invited him to things. Everyone has social anxiety. Yeah. It's true. So make it easier for them. Be friendly to them. Don't take it personal. If they, yeah. You don't know what's going on in their life, especially if they're a new person, so they don't respond to you right away. It couldn't be... It could be not because they are assessing your character and think you're a terrible person deserving of prison time. It could be that they're busy or um, they have family members and they're going out of town. So try, try another couple times. See what happens. Yeah. That's it. So it's always so nice to be on Sagittarian Matters. Thanks. Do you have any final words for our people? My ex is a Sagittarius. <laughs> That's lucky for you that you got to date a Sagittarius. Yeah, we're still friends. What was it like to date a Sagittarius? Um, great. We're wonderful people. Okay. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me today. It's always a pleasure. It's been a while. Come back soon. Great, great. And now for the Sagittarian Matters Call of the Week. Thank you, caller Rachel, for calling in response to the episode where I try Hakuna Banana ice cream with friend of the show, Beth Pickens. I'm also agree in agreement that banana is not vanilla ice cream at all. I can't believe you would do that. Sagittarians should lose their shopping licenses if that is what you can expect from a Sagittarian. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.